For those of you who are getting to know me, you know that I like to use social media, and sometimes I give a little foretaste of what my homily will be about. And I'm going to talk about busyness today. And sometimes I'll post things, and even my mom will comment on what I say, and sometimes she just burns me. Like, she's like, I'm like, ooh, that stings. And I was talking about busyness and kind of what keeps us busy, and she wrote, well, were you too busy to shave the back of your head? Because she knows that I have a mullet and she doesn't like it. And I was just like, good one, mom. So my mom's like right there. Good one, mom. And sometimes when you and I are asked questions about our, you know, our week, how was your day or how was your week? Or what do you have going on this weekend? Or how is work going? Or how is school? Or how are your classes going this week? Almost by default, we just use the B word like all the time. B word this, B word that. And it seems to dominate our conversation And I want to challenge everyone here today, and you know what, what the heck, the rest of your life, don't use the B word anymore. Don't use the word busy. Because in my opinion, the word busy has become, at least in the top five in our world right now, one of the most toxic words that exists. And maybe sometimes, yes, you are busy, your plate is full, I get that. But take what I'm saying with a grain of salt for a second here. Because what is being too busy, what does that really mean to yourself? Like, you ever think about that? Or what does it mean to others? And most importantly, what does it mean to Jesus? Because simply saying, I'm busy, you know, it sounds like I'm unavailable, I'm unapproachable, and other people are pretty much a complete burden to me. And they're not really worth my time. So I'm just going to say I'm busy for, like, everything. And maybe the word busy means that, if I was honest with myself, I'm just really, really bad at making a weekly schedule. And because I'm so prideful, I'm really afraid of asking for help to sit down with someone and be mentored on how to make a schedule. You know, this past week, I was able to meet with one of the, or two of our students separately, of course, and one of them is an upperclassman and one is a lowerclassman, and one of the lowerclassmen came in and just spoke about how they were struggling with feeling overwhelmed, spending too much time on their cell phone. And I asked the older upperclassman, I said, would you be willing to reach out to that particular student and just help them make a schedule? Figure out where they're wasting time. Figure out where there's invitations for rest, for prayer. That was one of my proud priest moments this past week because on Friday, they actually did that. They both died to self, got up early in the morning, and made a schedule. So maybe there's an invitation for you to do that too. But I think for a lot of people, when we say the word busy, it means I'm actually just lazy. I have no discipline. And I also probably have really poor sleeping and eating habits. I kind of live a sloppy life. Or maybe the word busy means that actually I'm struggling with an addiction. And I'm not proud of it. Maybe I struggle with certain lustful addictions or drinking addictions. And I'm just too afraid to admit that I'm not okay, that I'm not doing well. I'm actually soul sick. 
But I think for a lot of us, the word busy just means that our priorities are all jacked up. And they're out of order. And that's what Christ comes to do. He comes to put things that are disordered into order. So for example, just ask yourself, have you eaten or drank anything yet today? Men, did you take your morning dump today? I don't know what women do in the bathroom, so I'm not going to go there. Because all I know is it takes a long time. That's all I know. But did you check your social media today? Did you check your email today? Did you watch the news? Did you check sports scores? For those of you who are getting ready for hunting season, are you setting the sight every single day on your gun or your bow to make sure it's ready for hunting? Seems to me that you weren't too busy for those things. But when we say that we're making a priority for Jesus, often we say we're too busy. You know, you and I are called to place Christ at the center of everything we do so we can take all of our disorders and reorder them. And that means certain habits have to die. We have to die to self. And if you're here right now during the pandemic, it's clear that you're trying to place Christ at the center. So I just want to say from a priestly heart, I want to say thank you for being here. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to challenge you to grow. But it's really hard to keep Christ at the center of everything we do. It's just not as easy as most people make it out to do. And if you're too busy for prayer, then you're just too busy, right? And maybe, I don't want to use the word, or I use the word busy, and I should probably stop using it because I'm actually a fool. I'm buying into all the culture's lies. Keep doing those sins. Keep drinking, keep partying, keep on social media. It's all about money, you know, and then you'll be happy. But read Proverbs 26.11. Proverbs 26.11 says, Like a dog that returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. You know, the fool never changes his way. He refuses to learn. He's actually senseless about his mistakes. And his repulsive behavior is comparable to that of an animal. And I just want you to zone in for just a moment here because this is probably the real reason why you and I say we're busy as default. So this is what most of us probably really need to tune into right now. Most of us probably use the word busy because we don't want to take the time to deal with the pains and the hurts and the agonies from your childhood. So instead of asking for help, seeking a mentor, finding a community to grow in, I preoccupy myself with meaningless tasks, mindless scrolling that lead me to deeper and deeper enslavement to my sin and also lead me further and further away from true freedom in Christ Jesus. And what do most of us need to make that happen? We need accountability. That's why sports work so well. That's why extracurricular activities work. That's why study groups work so well. Accountability, but we need accountability through community. And we need a mentor. We need someone to walk with us, like that one student did with the younger student, right? 
And very rarely can anybody hold themselves accountable without community. You just can't do it. So honestly, ask yourself right now, just to be real, I'm not pointing fingers, it's you and God. Ask yourself, do I have a weekly meeting with two or three other people where we pray with and for others? Do I have a weekly meeting where I pray with two or more, two or three other people and we pray with and for others? You know, a place where we can share our weaknesses and be vulnerable, where we can share your highs and your lows, or as I like to call them, we share our happies and we share our crappies, right? And do you belong to a Bible study where you can have fun, yes, catch up, have fun, but also allow the Word of God to transform your life, to grow in faith, And if you are a part of something like that, are you consistently inviting others into the fold? Because most of the time, we don't really want to go to those things. But when we go, after being invited and people being persistent, after we go, we kind of kick ourselves and we think, why didn't I do that sooner rather than later? And do you have a mentor? Do you have somebody showing you how to make that schedule, how to read the scriptures, how to pray. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You know, when we look at the life of St. Paul, we've been journeying with him for the past three weeks, four weeks in Philippi, right? But before all this, after he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, He took three years to be mentored, to be discipled. And then he began to mentor other people to replace him. He mentored Titus. He mentored Timothy. He mentored so many others. And they began the process. And simply stated, you and I, we cannot become who Christ created us to be without community and without a mentor. You just can't do it. It just doesn't work. That's why it takes big bozos like me six years to get through seminary with countless people pouring into me and challenging me and just asking me to die to self. Can't do it alone. You know, last week I asked you all, by raising your hands, who would like to be more peaceful? And everybody raised their hands. And I said, I guarantee you, I guaranteed you that Praying the rosary every day, not saying it, but praying the rosary every day will give you more peace. And most people, when they actually have other people to hold them accountable to pray the rosary every single day, not say the rosary, pray it in community, there's so much more peace. And they take time to say, what would you like to pray for? Who would you like to pray for? What do you need? Because again, the Bible, or the rosary is the Bible on beads. And for followers of Jesus, We need authentic community. We need authentic friendship. And we can't say that we're too busy for God because just for a moment, look at the cross with me. You know, he hung up on the cross for three hours, whipped and scourged. And he didn't think, hey, I'm too busy for you. He said, no, I love you this much. He wanted to always show you 
that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And last week we meditated upon the wedding feast at Cana because, you know, there's so many people that I've encountered who just do not know how to pray or never have been taught how to pray. And we think of like being available. Unlike the people in our gospeling today, we think of being available, the ultimate model of availability is the Blessed Mother. In our gospel reading today, we hear the king sends his only son. Shouldn't sound too odd to us, but he sends his only son to have a banquet, to feed you with the best food ever. And people are like, well, I'm too busy. I got to work. I got this going on. I got that going on. And he says it again, and people still ignore it. But Mary, with the angel Gabriel coming to her, did not ignore the call. You know, she didn't say, hey, I got to check my Snapchat. I got to check my Snapchat. Just give me like five minutes, Jesus. I got to check the Snapchat. Or I got to go on Instagram. Or I got to check the news. No, she was totally available. And I'd like us to pray one decade of the rosary and meditate upon the Annunciation of Mary to help us keep Christ at the center because no one did that better than Mary. If you can name one person, please let me know. But I still haven't found one other person who could do it better than Mary. And I can honestly, just be, to be real with you right now, I can feel a lot of anxiety in this room. I know you're under pressure. I can feel it. So the first thing we do when we pray to relieve the pressure is we take deep breaths. So I want to ask you to take a few deep breaths right now. And as you're taking those deep breaths, it's normal when you pray to close your eyes. And if you open them, just close them again. And I want you, as we enter into this time of prayer, just to imagine what Mary's simple room looked like 2,000 years ago as an angel visited her. Now imagine, what did Mary look like? She's only between 13 and 15 years old. And please pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. The angel Gabriel said to her, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Imagine the expression upon her face when she heard these words. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Mary was deeply troubled by the angel's words and pondered in her heart what the angel Gabriel's greeting meant. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
The angel Gabriel said to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. For a moment, relate your fears to God with Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And the angel Gabriel said to Mary, You shall conceive and bear a son, and give him the name of Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Great will be his dignity, and he will be called Son of the Most High, and his reign will be without end. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Mary, pondering in her heart, said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know man? Ponder with Mary this great mystery of becoming pregnant while remaining a virgin. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. The angel Gabriel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and power of the Most High will overshadow you. In her humility, Mary is covered and overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And the Holy Child to be born will be called the Son of God. And Mary heard that her cousin Elizabeth was also pregnant, for nothing is impossible for God. Let us remember that nothing is impossible for God as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And Mary gave God her yes and said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. With giving God her yes, the angel Gabriel left her. Let us do the best to give God our our yes as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. After that, we pray a glory be and an oh my Jesus, but you, hopefully you know how to do those things. If you don't, ask someone for help. But I began with, you know, challenging you all to not use the word, the B word, the busy word, right? Not just today, but like forever. And you're going to fail. But the goal is, is to use the word less and be more conscious of why we are actually using that word. And the beautiful thing is today, each of you gets to have your own annunciation. It's not just meant for Mary, it's meant for all of us. We get to do that with Jesus at the wedding feast that God invites us all to 
which is the Mass, where you get to receive the best food in the body of Jesus and the best drink in the blood of Jesus. That is where we are at every single Mass, and you get to encounter and re-encounter the love of Jesus, who is never too busy for you because he deeply, deeply loves you. And it's most likely that there's probably some people in this room, in this church, that say, if I go to Jesus, he'll say to me, I'm too busy. But every time you, you and I look at the cross, in the most beautiful and eloquent and compassionate words ever, he always says back to you, my child, I will never be too busy for you. Amen.